Hey guys, Kill here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. In today's episode, I want to share with you a presentation that I did for a group of real estate investors and real estate agents, really about creating the successful mindset. We talk a lot about overcoming fear. We talk a lot about being more productive, uh, creating a personal brand. And all in all, I think think it was a, a good presentation that could be useful no matter what your career is. Um, what's cool about the Trading Coach podcast is that, yes, it's geared towards trading because I'm a trading coach, but I'm also a lot more in that. I am a track coach. I am a teacher. I am a motivator. So many of the aspects that you hear throughout this podcast, uh, not just this episode, but other ones as well, can be very useful in your life, whether you are a trader or not. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast in advance. I'd like you to do a few things. Make sure you rate the podcast if you are brand new, especially on Apple. Apple. I don't know why, maybe because Apple's the the biggest downloader, Um, but reviews on Apple do a big way, uh, a big help in me growing the show. And also give it a share. Again, even if you know someone is not necessarily a trader, but you think they need a little boost of positivity, a little boost of motivation, if you think what you hear will help them kind of achieve a different point in their life, please share the show. I appreciate it in advance and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. is a uh, trading coach. He's a trader, a trading coach, and he's created quite an impressive following on social media specifically. Tens of thousands of followers. He's helped thousands of people around the world uh, create trading businesses is, is what he does. So he understands yeah. thought process, business systems, and that's why I brought him in here to talk about that from a different perspective because you hear me talk about real estate related. Um, so the floor is yours. However, you want to go about it? It's cool if you guys. Again, we're always pretty, pretty casual. So if you got questions, just yeah. If you have questions, shoot them out. Um, I hope you don't mind if I sit. I was standing all. I got the, a stand up desk to try to stop the, the slouching. As you see, I slouch here, so knee, knees are pretty bad. But um, <laughs> I'll give you a, a brief little background about myself, really quick. I am a forex trader. Um, does anybody know what that means? Because typically, I get a blank stare from everyone. It's a very small little. Basically, I trade the financial markets, um, very similar to the the stock markets, but it deals with foreign currencies. So instead of just dealing with, say, the U.S. stock market, it's dealing with the currency exchanges for the U.S. compared to the euro, compared to, let's say, Canada, just all of those things. So it's a really kind of international type of deal. But at the end of the day, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to buy and hope it goes up. You're trying to sell and hope it goes down to make money. And... It was something that I started really to provide an opportunity for my family. Um, I was stuck kind of in, I was working three jobs as I came out of college and I didn't like any of them, but I graduated right during the recession and there was nothing else out there. So I was like, hey, I'll just do as much as I can and work my tail off and make money. And I was making about $30,000 a year, which to me, fresh out of college was like, yes, awesome. I I don't spend a lot on anything. So I had more money than um, you could imagine. 
But then about a year or two later, got kind of old and just working myself to death. And I'm not really, I'm starting to think bigger picture. And I'm like, man, like when I get older and have a family, this $30,000 isn't really going to do much in the bigger <laughs> scheme. And I started thinking about other ways that I can control my future. So I got into trading. Um, got into trading. I was really, really bad for a really, really long time. A really, really long time. Lost a lot of money. Eventually, I got good. I'll tell you a little bit about that later. And I managed money for others for a short period of time. Hated it. Um, it was a way that I can use my skill to, to grow a business, but it was, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> dealing with people with, and, and you guys deal with people with, with, with money, um, dealing with people with money who think they're in control of the process is hard. So imagine, and, and we have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to show someone a house or, or something like that. And they're dry, they're basically, they're telling you what you should be doing, not the, the best. And, you know, as a younger person managing lots of money, it's hard to say no. Cause I'm like, well, I kind of want the commission. So sure. <laughs> Um, but did that for a while it was horrible. And I went into, uh, I fell in love with education, just kind of teaching others how to do what I did. And I found out there was kind of a, there were a lot of people out there that want to do the same thing, take control of their finances and really build a future for themselves, whether it's trading full time, whether it's something that they can teach their, you know, their, their sons and daughters to control their finances, whatever the reason may be. So I did a podcast. I have a podcast, which you guys should listen to. It's called the trading coach podcast. It's cleverly named. Um, <laughs> see how creative I am. And uh, John came across an episode he supports because he, he, he pities me and wants to be one of the people that follow me. Um, I thought I'd be the only listener. Come to find out there's like tens of thousands of downloads. Oh. Or I have tens of thousands of accounts that I listen to myself. It's all you know, anyway. um, But I did one that talked about mental toughness because in building yourself in really any type of business it, it's it's tough and i think you guys can agree it's tough out there there the majority of the people out there don't want to see you succeed and it's have you guys ever heard of the comfort zone kind of like an 80 20 split big bubble 80 percent of people or maybe even 90 percent of people are in this comfort zone 10 percent are out of it i like to think of it like this right outside the comfort zone is, is when you're doing something that's going to allow you to achieve success it's going to allow you to achieve whatever your dream life may be so whatever you want out of life, whatever you want to achieve, that exists outside the comfort zone. It means doing something that feels not too comfortable, doing something daring, something risky to achieve that result, right? If you do the same things you've always done, you're never going to achieve anything different. The people that exist in that comfort zone, most of them exist in there because they're scared, right? We've been kind of taught to follow the, take the safe job, take the safe route, do everything the safe way. You get the, the safe lifestyle, which is okay if, if that's your personality type. But if you want to succeed and see something greater, you have to do something different. The problem is people in that comfort zone, they often don't want to see you succeed. And they will, you know, they'll, they'll talk negatively about you. They'll send frustrated emails, perhaps, <laughs> um, and make you feel bad. And the reason for that is because when you do something different, when you succeed, when you achieve something, it makes them feel bad. In order for them to feel more comfortable, they have to pull you back down, right? So it's you know it's you've probably been around conversations where you've said, "Hey, I'm gonna think about doing this. I'm thinking about doing that." Like, oh, you don't want to do that. It's because secretly they want to achieve something. They're a little bit scared, a little bit nervous of doing it themselves. So it's a lot comfortable for them to be like, "Okay, let's just pull everyone back down here, so I don't feel bad in my, about myself." So 
I got five things I want to mention. I don't know if it'll be five or four or six. I, none of this is pre-planned. I typically just show up and talk. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I operate. Um, but there are five lessons that I've learned throughout my career, kind of just in mental toughness and kind of overcoming those obstacles. And the first one is that setbacks will lead to future accomplishments. A lot of people fear adversity. A lot of people fear setbacks. It's the end of the world when something doesn't go the right way. You curl up into a ball, you, you get depressed, you, you lose confidence, and it just spirals down and, and it just ends up being bad. I told you before that I struggled for a long time as a trader. The only reason I got good is because I found every single way to be bad. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. It's, it's a skill-based thing that I do. Um, it's a lot of psychology, but it's, it's skill-based. And I think for the longest time, I just did everything the wrong way that eventually it was like, okay, what if I just stopped doing this and stopped doing that? And then my results turned around. And anybody can do that. The key is you have to switch your, your mindset from looking at those setbacks as being a negative, woe is me, the, the pity party, all that fun stuff, and look at it as a learning opportunity. Okay, this didn't work. I tried something new or I tried this. It didn't work. Why didn't it work? And then you look at that, you evaluate it, you correct it, and you try something different the next time. And maybe it doesn't work the next time. You do the same thing. You evaluate it. Try it the next time. Eventually, you'll find something that works. And when you find the things that work, you want to do more of those things. But it starts with the mindset of that, hey, a, a, a setback, a, a step in the wrong direction, a quote unquote failure, if you want to use that word, isn't a negative. It's a learning opportunity. And as long as you're getting something positive out there, you're still working in the right direction, right? A step backwards is a chance for you to gain perspective and see what the bigger goal is. Number two is going to be dealing with negative people. As I mentioned before, a lot of negative people out there and they will drag you into that negative uh, spiral. I think we've all been there. I've found a lot of, a, a, a massive benefit in surrounding yourself with successful people, but more importantly, positive people. People that aren't gonna pull you down, but kind of lift you up. People that are gonna motivate and inspire you. Think of it as like positive peer pressure. Right, it takes a massive amount of work to be successful. I think you guys all know that. It takes, I'm sure you guys are drained all the time from the work that you're doing. And you probably have days, maybe today, where you come in, you're like, oh, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> like, John says one thing to me, I swear, today's the day. <laughs> like, not today. Don't encourage me. <laughs> you said, you, look, you guys said you were all about fighting. Right? Fighting and frustration. Yes, right. That's the, the, the two takeaways I've gotten from this office. <laughs> fighting and frustration. And, and lifting trophies. I like that. <laughs> but if you surround yourself around positive people, it, you're, you're kind of sucked into that positive environment where you can't have a bad day. We, uh, I coach track and field over at Millersville University as well, and we have a, a no negativity rule. Where, and, and every day, one of the girls is having a bad day. Um, <clears throat> failed the test, you know, boyfriend, relationship stuff, whatever. Someone's having a bad day. And we don't allow them to come in and bring everyone else down. So if they're negative, we say, hey, you got five seconds, you go somewhere else, you change your mindset, or you leave practice, you get out of here. But typically what happens is if someone knows that someone's in a, a bad mood, for example, unfortunately we had a girl yesterday who had a friend that passed and she's at practice, she's crying, actually she wants to go home, but she wanted to be there. And the reason she wanted to be there is because of the environment. She was around people that were successful, that were happy, that were making her laugh, that was full of positivity. And she said, I want to be here because it's going to take my mind off of the tragedy. And, you know, as a coach, that was important to me because that, that shows the culture. And the culture is everything. 
And it's up to you guys to really help each other, lift each other up when you're having a bad day. And if you're positive, people are going to want to follow that up. We just talked about competition, right? I mean, if if you see David, which I know there's Davids in here. I don't know which ones. One, two, threes or Davids. If you see David, right, having a good day, having a success, right, the mindset needs to be instead of, oh, that, you know, how's he doing that, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, I'm, I want to do better. And that just keeps lifting everyone up in the right direction. And... There's a great, um, Will Smith uh, shared a great story once kind of about positive peer pressure where he's sickly and deathly afraid of heights. He, he hates heights. And he was out one day, he was drinking with some friends, he's at a bar, and you know, you, you drink a little bit and you know, crazy ideas, there's always that one guy, hey, we should do this, right? And one of his friends is like, we should go skydiving. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's go skydiving tomorrow. And he wakes up the next day and he's like, crap, like I'm afraid of heights, I don't want to go skydiving. So he, go, he goes up there with his friends, and like he's just looking for any reason not to do it. Any reason. He's just waiting for one person to be like, hey, this is not a good idea. So he'd be like, yeah, you know what? It's not a good idea. We should go back. And the entire time up there, no one flinched. No one flinched. He's waiting. But he's afraid to kind of pull out because of that peer pressure. He doesn't want to be the only one not doing it. And I remember he said he got up to the plane, and I've never been skydiving, but I can imagine he's, he's there. Anyone skydiving? Nope. So I guess they, they walk you to the edge. I can imagine the door opens. You're looking down. You see Earth. And you're like, what the hell am I doing up here? This is crazy. Except I had a 215-pound drill instructor yeah. pushing me out the window. There we go. Sometimes you just need that extra push. on and off my way. And I said to myself, that 28-foot backpack better open. If it doesn't, my hands are the 24-foot chest pack. Yo. And I, I don't remember to this day landing. But I did seven more jumps after There we that. go. And, of course, I got into the, the, the squad bay that afternoon. And everybody said, how'd it go? Nothing to it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend okay. you all do that. What, 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 was your, what was your feeling when, like, you jumped? I, I don't remember. Uh, I was so scared I don't remember. <laughs> really, seriously, okay. I, I don't remember. Um, I, I found the key to parachuting is the chute opening. It's like bungee jumping. The key to bungee jumping is make sure the rope's short enough. You don't <laughs> Life is simple. I've been asked that question a thousand times. Mm -hmm. What was going through your mind? I really don't remember. Okay. But the second jump, I do. What was going through your mind the second jump? I, I was scared stiffless. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was I mean, every time I made a jump, I was scared until I got out the door. Yep. And once I got out the door, it was fine. That's the exact same thing that Will Smith said. He said he was ready to pee himself. Right? He was up there, probably some other stuff too, but, you know, and then when the drill instructor pushed him out, right, it was that, that split second or millisecond between massive fear and just an enlightening moment. He said for that, that, that second where he conquered fear, right, the fear, and guess he didn't conquer it. He was pushed out, but you got there. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you get there. The, the second that he was pushed out and he overcame that fear and he couldn't turn back, he said it was the most beautiful experience in his life. Where that split second, I guess, before falling in your stomach, going up into your, your, your mouth, whatever, he just took it in. He was like, this is amazing. Yeah, it all went away. That all went away. And, and that's the same thing with, with success. When you, when, you, when you do something to, to cross that barrier, when you're really scared to do something, whether it's introducing yourself. My, my wife is a Mary Kay consultant. Um, so she asked the talk to a lot of people and introduce herself. And for the longest time, she was afraid to do so. Like she was not ashamed, but she was just scared to go up to people and tell her like, 
this is what I do. This is what I can offer you. Just, just the, just that, that first step. Um, but as soon as you start doing it, you get over that initial barrier, that, that initial fear. It opens up. It opens up the door to anything. It could be your best client ever. It could be a new friend. It could be the same thing with a relationship, right? The first time you talk to someone, and it's like you know, you let them know you're interested, right? That's a massive fear. And then who knows? Maybe you're married. I met my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like the first time you, when you go, the first time you ever knock on someone's door as a real estate agent. Gonna, yeah. After that, it's hey, this isn't so bad. And then it's this is kind of fun. Exactly. You you embrace it. You conquer that fear. And, and the first that, time is. <laughs> I, I could imagine. I I used to do that when I managed money. It was a lot of cold calls and and. And going to people and saying like, "Hey, I'm a twenty, what a twenty-two-year-old kid. Can I have like a hundred thousand dollars to manage?" <laughs> a little bit more professional than that, but still, thing like heart pumping out my chest. And I was so ashamed of what I did. Like I wasn't not ashamed of what I did, but like it was scary to do it. It was scary to actually ask. And eventually, I got comfortable doing it and and started landing clients. And was like, "Wow, okay, this isn't that bad." Because you know, the worst thing that can happen is they say no, and you just move on. You ask them, "Hey, if there's anything I could have done better?" You move on to the next one. You become a little bit more fearless. So number three, um, this is a big one for me. Don't complain, but identify solutions, right? So don't make excuses, find solutions. I think of life, and I have a weird way of thinking, um, maybe too many video games as a a kid. But I always think of life as being like uh, an energy bar at the top of a video game. Any of you guys familiar? Video gamers, anybody? Fighting games, energy bars, no. Yeah. I imagine life being like, like one big energy bar. So your day starts, and then as your day goes, it just drains and drains and drains and drains and drains until you get to the night. For me, it's like 9 o'clock, and I'm completely dead, right? I have two kids now, um, which I have no idea how you survive. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have two kids, and I am, I am burnt out. Like, that energy bar just decreases at a rapid rate. And I and I'm burnt out. So I, I've really started focusing on, you know, I have this amount of energy to use per day. The kids are going to suck away this much of it already. Right. And you got to do that. That's, you know, the kids are the most important thing. Um, how can I maximize the rest of my energy for the day? And we're always faced with decisions during the day of where we can do something, where we can't do something, whether it's make that call, don't make that call, print this flyer, don't print that flyer, show up, show up on time to a meeting, don't show up on time to a meeting. And we sometimes will make excuses. And it doesn't seem like it, but to make excuses, it takes just as much energy as it does to find solutions. Because your brain is thinking, okay, how can I make up a reason and convince myself not to do it? And it takes energy to do that. Okay, what if I, okay, it was cold outside, left a scarf, car wouldn't start. All of that takes energy. And what I found is that I used to be, I used to be an excuse maker all the time. Whatever excuse I can make, I'd make it. Just because it's the easy way out. Um, so something I do now is, is if I find myself making an excuse not to do something, whether it's, you know, John mentioned I have a good presence on social media, whether it's like, ah, I don't feel like doing it today because I don't have to, no one will really care. Immediately, I try to write at least two reasons on why I should right away. I try to kill that negative thought right away and say, OK, why should I do this? And usually the reasons for why I should outweigh the negative reason. This weekend, I did a video on YouTube. I didn't want to do it. I was tired. Again, the kids are up and they're just ah, and I'm like. I don't feel like doing this, right? A 20-minute video takes maybe two hours to make. 
And I said, okay, I'm not doing it today because, you know, kids are up. Got to spend time with the kids, being a good father. That's my excuse, yeah. <laughs> and I wrote down why I should do it. You know, and growth of the business, getting the message out there, you know, building my list. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I should invest that time. I did it with that video, at least as I know right now, gained two clients from it. First time they saw my video, they liked what I saw, they're interested, and they said, hey, we want to we wanna join you. If I wouldn't have done that video, would I, would I have had that business? No. So sometimes you just got to do things you don't want to do. When you have that negative thought, instead of wasting energy making an excuse of it or from it, find a solution. Why should you do it? And typically when you do something, you get a good result, whether it's, you know, a sale or whether it's just a learning experience, something like that. Number four, getting into the zone. I'm a former athlete, so I'm kind of big on getting into a zone. Um, I was that football player that would have the music blast and like knock my head against the wall. You're Probably, still an athlete. Yeah, pr- still, still an athlete. athlete. I'm still an ath- athletic yeah, type sure. person. But I was that guy getting get into the zone. Wasn't that this is before concussions? No one cared about concussions back then. <laughs> but one of the big things about getting in the zone is it, it it allows you to be comfortable. When you're in the zone, it allows you to be to be comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you're more confident. You could you could look at any professional sport. You could look at soccer. You could look at baseball. You could look at basketball. A good example is baseball because that that game takes so long. What does every batter do in baseball after the pitch? Right, they step out. Take the glove off, put the glove back on, tap the bat twice, get in. Basketball players, they go to the foul line. What do they do? They bounce it twice, they pack the bat, do that, do that, shoot it. It's a routine that allows them to be comfortable. And when they're comfortable, they're more confident in what you're doing. So a big part of my success was creating a, a consistent routine for myself, whether it's waking up at the same time and doing this, doing that, doing that. And it, it allows me to be comfortable with what I have to attack for today. It allows me to be confident. I don't feel kind of out of the loop. I feel ready. I feel prepared. I feel ready to win the day, essentially. Last one is going to be control what you can control. This is massive because we like to think that we can control everything. And I even tell myself sometimes that I have complete control over my life. Um, But we don't. Stuff happens. That is out of your control. What we can control, however, is how we deal with it. Right. So if you're driving and, and, and an accident happens and you're late to work, can you control that? No, you can control how you deal with it, though. And it's the same thing for any type of setback, any type of adversity that comes up. Right. Don't punish yourself over something that happens that is maybe out of your control. You know, maybe uh, uh, someone changes agents for no reason. You don't get any no explanation. They just do it. Can't control it. Ask yourself, what can I control about the situation? What, what can I do about it? What can I do now? How can I react to it? And that's going to be very, 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 very important. Um, just kind of taking the hands off the wheel of, of thinking we can control everything and understanding what we can control and being masters at controlling that. So those are my five things. I didn't mention anything social media. Did you want me to talk about brand or anything like that? Or do you guys have any questions? Well, let's open it up for questions. What did you say your website is again? Your tier, podcast is? Uh, Tier1trading.com. That's the website. Uh, T-I-E-R-O-N-E. Trading.com. Yeah. Um, the podcast is called The Trading Coach Podcast. You can find it on any any podcasting app or, uh, or a site. And that's something I did for kind of me personally, kind of to journal and reflect. It was a marketing tool or is a marketing tool as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's a different platform. I think podcast is... 
probably the most relevant platform in this time. Um, video is good, but with everyone busy now, right, the energy bar getting sucked away, um, if you're watching video, you need to dedicate a certain amount of time to watch video. If I'm watching a YouTube video, I need to sit there and invest 30 minutes in watching a YouTube video. A lot of people just aren't willing to do that. What's cool about uh, the audio format is that you can do other things. You could be walking around, you could be at the gym, you could be mowing the lawn, whatever it is, you can, be, you can do it with your, your, uh, your headphones in and still get that same type of element. So I, I've been, this was the, I started la about a year ago, I started my podcast. Um, again, it thought it could be a business tool as well, but mainly just a form of reflection, kind of, kind of the digest the day and, and journal. What I do is a very lonely world. Um, a lot of my clients are in different countries, so we're all kind of alone sitting in front of a computer. Um, so we don't have the luxury of, the same luxury of surrounding yourself in a successful environment like maybe you guys have. So what we did with the, the website this year, and we were actually recognized by Forbes magazine, is we kind of changed the way that we teach, where we, we started putting in a community element, where we have people that are successful, talking, consistently talking, and it's all online. Um, we do a few live meetups a year, but talking to people and really making those connections in life, making those connections in trading, and allows them to be a part of a, a group. And it's, it's been amazing. I, I wasn't sure how it would work out. Um, whenever you're dealing with the internet and people, there's usually one person that comes in and spoils everyone. But what we found is that that gets shut down right away. We have such a powerful environment, a powerful tribe of people that if someone negative comes in, right, and they just come in because they want attention, that's all they want. Either they don't get attention, they get shut down right away, and they're like, this is not the place for me, I'll leave. <laughs> and it polices itself. It's, I, that was my biggest fear, and that's why I didn't do it for so many years. But we said, F it this year, and just did it. And it, uh, and it, it worked, and it worked, and, and now it's, it's, you're going to see it duplicated. Um, How much money do you need to invest? These days, you can start with, there are, there are brokers out there that will, you can start with a couple hundred. Um, now you got to be realistic with your returns. You're not really going to get much with a couple hundred, but you can get started in the game. And my opinion is this, if you know the skill, you master the skill and, and money's going to be the easy part. The hard part is mastering the skill because you can always get money. You can work more, you can pick up a second job, you can get a loan, you can do whatever to get money. If you have the skill, the same return percentage wise that you can get with a hundred dollars, you can duplicate that or replicate that with a hundred thousand dollars with a million dollars. The same process. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the skill is the, the most important thing. And that's what we try to teach traders um, because it's there's a bad rep out there that's a get-rich-quick scheme. There are a lot of people scamming people that, hey, take your $100 and I'll make you 300% a day. And I, I get messages. like I'm like, did you read my profile? Yet? Like not in a cocky way, but it's like you should do your research before reaching out to people. <laughs> Just be, you be realistic, right? If, if you can make 300% a day every day, would you be randomly emailing people yeah, on Facebook or whatever? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. I'd, I'd be managing money privately for the most, the richest person on, on earth. And I'd never tell anybody about what I'm doing yeah. if I'm making right, 300 right. a day. Yeah. Why would, I, why would I sell that to you for $99? It just doesn't make sense. Um, but it's, it's, it's a bad rep. A reasonable return per year, it all depends on how aggressive you are, is if you can make, if you can make about 25% a year return, you're considered a really good trader. Um, if you can make about 60%, you're considered amazing. Um, and that's with the number one goal is being risk management. So making sure you don't go broke. You can make a lot more than that, but the risk of you going broke yeah. is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, and professional traders, the first and foremost, the mindset is don't go broke. Because if you go, it's like poker, right? You can play poker as long as you have a chip. 
You can enter the game and you have a chance. As soon as your chips are gone, you're not allowed at the table. You're done. Um, so risk management is always the first, uh, the most important thing. The experience I have with this is, I, you know, I have a, a, a advisor that I have some some stocks, some mm -hmm. securities, and some bonds, very little bonds, mostly stocks. But you know, he manages the company, manages all mm -hmm. that. And it's very similar. Trading is a little bit more hands-on uh, than investing. Investing is longer term. Um, more of kind of finding value and stuff. Trading is more like, I like to call it a mercenary, where it's like, you know, I, don't, I can come into the market. I don't really care if it goes up or down. I just want to make money if it's going down and make money if it's going up. Yeah. So it's much shorter term, much more I have more a friend active. that does that. I think, I think he just does a lot of, he's retired now, so mm -hmm. he, he reads a lot and he does it on his own. But I don't know how, um, it's totally alien to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, can, you, can you just briefly say something about... Um, being focused on your process despite mm -hmm. what your results are saying. Yes, yes. Process over outcome. Um, it is a saying that I learned from my mentor. By far the most success, uh, the, the, the most important saying to me in life as far as trading, coaching traders, coaching track and field athletes, um, and really just in my life as well. Another one is Kaizen philosophy. It's a Japanese word for continuous improvement. It's try to get a little bit better each and every day, instead of like shooting to get massively good in one day right away, if you continue to get a little bit better each day, eventually you'll get to, their, to those goals. They used it, um, I think, after the, after the war where they're rebuilding their factories and they just want to get a little bit more efficient. But process over outcome is, is key. Um, it's tough. And what that means is you want to focus on the process of doing the right actions, doing the right things, and not the outcome. Sometimes you can do everything right, and you just won't get the outcome that you think. You know, you can, you can walk into the house, you can show it, you can have your best performance ever. You're like, yeah, that was, that was nice, I feel good. Maybe you don't get the sale. And again, is that, is that necessarily your fault? Obviously you wanna review to make sure you didn't do anything bad, but that's not necessarily your fault. You went through the right process. And if you consistently go through the right process, you'll consistently get the right results. It may not be every single time, right? When we trade, I don't win every trade. Right, I probably win about 55% of the trades I take. So I lose a lot, right? But my process is set up where it's really like a money-making machine. If I do the same thing, right? I may not be profitable today. I may not be profitable this week. I may not be profitable this month. But bigger picture, right? Quarterly, yearly, it's going to turn a profit. Because I'm consistently taking actions that are going to set, uh, set myself up for success. And I believe that in life as well. Um, again, in track and field. Same thing. I don't worry about results. I don't know what any of my athletes' times are. I just don't care. We focus on running the right way. And I tell them at the beginning of the year, hey, if we run the right way, you're probably going to slow down a little bit at the beginning. If you run the right way, if you train the right way, if you lift the right way, if you eat the right way, do everything you're supposed to do, eventually you'll get the result that you desire. And dealing with um, you know, college-age kids, a lot of them coming right out of high school, they want that instant gratification. First meet, they don't get their best time ever. Coach, you, you don't know what you're talking about. What's wrong with you? And they you know, start tearing you apart. But luckily, we have seniors. We have juniors that have been through the process. And they're able to tell them, look, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this guy is crazy. He's an idiot. He's making me worse. But we stuck with it, and we all got better. And they all get better. What have you seen happen to an athlete or a trader who's mm -hmm. been too focused on the results and doesn't focus on the process and doing the right actions? They lose. They lose. They, they start trying to find the, 
the perfect fix. They start, instead of worrying about the process that it takes, they start worrying about what can I do now to have that result? And they start chasing results. And when you start chasing results, you, you, you lose focus on the bigger picture. You may get a little bit of instant gratification, but long-term it always kills them because they, they start making mistakes because they, they don't get the outcome that they desire right away. And eventually just it, each and every one of them has failed unless they change. Each and every one of them has failed. And it's, it's, it's tough. Easier said than done. It's, it's tough to not. I mean, I think all of us in life are kind of in a, in a results driven business, right? We're judged everything from school growing up, right? You got a, you get a good grade in your test. That's good. You get a bad grade in your test. That's bad. No one really cares about how you went about getting it. It's the final results that we're always judged on. I think we carry that with us where, hey, if I get this many sales, I'm good. If I don't, I'm bad. We got to judge ourselves on the process. Am I doing things the right way? And trust that, you know, if I'm set up for success, and I'm doing things the right way, that those results will come eventually. You never know how they will come, but eventually they will come. I'm a firm believer in that in, in every, every aspect of life, even just living life the right way. If you just do the right things in life, good things will happen. Every day. Quick question about, yes. uh, you talked about routines. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I personally try to have a good routine in the morning to get myself started. I'm curious as to what your routine might be and maybe how you arrive at that routine. I'm the same way. I think if you start your day off the right way, um, if you get out to a good start in your race, the rest of your day will follow suit. And I learned this from one of my colleagues, uh, our head track and field coach up at Millersville, because, again, for a while, I was just like, naturally, I think I'm a pessimist. I don't know. I always kind of prepare for the worst. So I always go into things where like, okay, so worst case scenario. And it just wasn't a good way of thinking because I would always be that guy that had a reason not to. Someone would be like, hey, we can do this. Yeah, but what if you can't? I was always that guy bringing everyone else down. What if it doesn't work? And that's just the way my mind thinks. I like to prepare for worst case scenario, but eventually realizing that, man, like I, I'm, I sound like that guy, <laughs> the guy that like just hates on everyone. Um, so I started adapt. I started immersing myself, right? We, we have a, a thing called deliberate success program. We talk about conversion by immersion, just like just jumping into the pool, right? Head first, just jump into the pool, just do it. I, I started, yeah, jump out the plane. I just, I just did. <laughs> I didn't say I was the smartest. <laughs> but um, I, I immersed myself in positivity, just making sure I was positive. And something I started doing was, and this is when I was kind of struggling as a trader. Things weren't working. Life wasn't looking good. And I was like depressed every day. I started finding a motivational quote every morning. I do like a little whole like yoga stretch routine because I try to still be an athlete, but I'm old and injured a lot. But so I do that to kind of clear my mind. But I always start with a motivational quote. Old. Oh. <laughs> athlete wise. Yeah. Aren't you the same age as John? I'm younger than John. No, he's younger. Oh. Yeah, see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. John's he's a lot younger. So. Yeah. The stress of trading has caused me to lose. That's what the hair is losing. Just the sh ah, pulling it out. But um. Finding a positive quote helps massively. So I, I try to find a positive quote or two each day. Um, I read it. I now share it on social media to kind of affect others. But I read it and it just puts me in a good place. It gives me a positive start to my day. It's like, yeah, that's good. And I just, everything seems to follow when I start off positively. If I start off negatively, it just, my day just goes bad. Because I'm automatically just like, I guess I'm just looking for other things that are negative. So I always try to start positively. I start off a little yoga stretches, kind of relax the mind. Um, find something positive and then get started on trying to attack the day. 
So as you were going through this period of feeling like a failure and yeah. just not working, <laughs> how what made you decide to keep on doing it? Like my why, my why, my my family. The the, the why is the the reason why you do something, right? We're all driven by something. Um, and if you don't know it, you better figure it out quickly. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because when you and going back to the process over outcome, that's what's going to drive you when the outcomes aren't the way you think. Why? And for me, it was my family. I I am a big. Um, I like financial independence, financial freedom. I'm a bigger believer in f- uh, freedom of time. My whole goal is I want to not only take care of my family, but I want to be there when my kids have games and plays and recitals. I want to be able to be like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch you. Instead of needing to ask a boss, like, hey, can I get off today for that? And that's really big for me. I, I think the, the my dad was there a lot for me growing up and supported me a lot. That's the biggest thing for me is being able to support my children, you know, not just financially, but being there. I think that's massive in them growing up the right way. Um, so that's always my why. And fortunately, you know, I, I work from home, um, so I see it every day. And that's another motivation factor. I, I, my kid breaks in and he's coming down, piggyback ride, smile. And like, I'm like, yes, that's it. That's why we're doing it. There's been a number of podcasts where his kid breaks in and he's like, oh, yeah. okay. He broke in this morning. They love it though. Yeah. He's like, he's, yeah. He, he sits, I got, I got glass door. He sits by the door. He gives him like this puppy dog face. He's just like, he's like, can I come in? <laughs> and I'm brutal. I'm like, no. <laughs> Shaking my head. I'm like, no. Cause he, he'll come in. He'll climb on my back. He'll say, he, he says he'll be quiet. He never, he never does. Yeah. Starts climbing on me. I'm trying to do my job. His son, Jaden, is just like this ball of energy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. But that's that's the reason why I, I I value, you know, yesterday I took a lunch break um, and I just played with him for half an hour. And that's I mean, for me, that's big. That's big. Just be able to do that. Find your why. That's huge. Yeah, that's, that's your driver. When everything else feels bad, your why will keep you going. Write it down somewhere. Write it you know, on a mirror, top of your bed so you can see it before you go to bed. When you wake up, it's it's important. It's massively important. It's the driver, again, on those days where you feel like you don't want to do anything. That's what will push you. Why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Because it's bigger than you. Is money enough of a why? No. Money is not enough of a why. Money becomes less important the more money you make. Um, All types of studies out there. I think the the number here in the U.S. is $75,000. Once you make over $75,000, you become less happy. Because I guess that's the number where you shouldn't really have any financial struggles. You shouldn't have to worry about paying bills or being able to do this, right? You should be, if you're smart financially, you should be able to take care of yourself making $75,000. Of course, that's going to vary from market Yeah, to yeah, exactly. Probably around here, that's... But it's... 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 Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> but eventually, <laughs> eventually you'll make enough money where it's like, you know, your life doesn't change the same way. Now, I, th- I think money, I, I'm a firm believer in money can buy happiness. Um, yes. I, I, I think money allows you to do things that will make you happy. If you want to skydive, you need money to skydive. If you want to go on vacation with your kids, you need money to do that. You need money to do stuff that will make you happy. So I'm a firm believer in that. But money can't be the driver. Um, it has to be something else. And, and most successful people are driven not by money, but like the game. Power. Where it's not even, it's not even like, I want to make money. Like, it's, I want to make more but it's not in the sense of making actual more money it's the the game of doing better than before right i sold this many properties i want to sell sell this many may not make a big difference but it's the game of always getting better and i think that's a a a big driver for anyone that is very successful
Anything else from anybody? Akil, thanks, man, for uh, one, one coming in. Add one thing real quick before, uh, yeah, before you clap. Um, before you clap, I'm going to water Me and John had a great conversation about this about two weeks ago, just about branding. Understand that, and, and I'm someone that built his brand during social media uh, or through social media mainly. I went through a stage where I was an independent contractor for a certain company, um, didn't like what was going on there, decided to open my own company, and had... I would say 80, 90% of my following come over with me. And it was very scary. Um, I left on principal reasons. I didn't like what they were doing principal-wise. And I said, hey, I'm not going to work with you anymore. And I wasn't sure if people were actually following me because of who I was associated with, the other company, or if it was actually me. And it was scary when we took that leap because it was, you know, it, guys ever started a business or just quit a job and didn't really have a plan. It's tough. Um, but fortunately, a lot of people followed. And that really opened up to my, my eyes that you are your brand. It's not who you work for. It's not your label. It's not what's on your, your name tag, right? It's you. And people are investing in you. Mm-hmm. People are investing in you, the person. Because there are a million, there are, how many other realtors are there out there that people can do business work? It's just us right here. Oh, this yeah. is everyone. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in that case, right? Many. So you got to think, why are people choosing to give you their business versus someone else? It's that relationship. They like you. They like how you go about your business. They like something about you. That, that's the biggest thing you can do is build your, build your brand and your brand is yourself. And, and that just means being honest. Don't be someone you're not. Let people know who you are. You're a person, not just here to like, I'm not here to sell you something. I'm a person here to assist you with what you need, what you may not need. You give value in other aspects. We talked a lot about, hey, just giving people, John shoots me, um, I get spam in the mail from him a couple times a year. Where it's like, winter's coming. Did you remember to, to undo your hose? <laughs> and like, every time I get it, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I want to rip it. Like, I want to rip it up and tear it away. And we look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah. We, I'm like, yeah, we did, we did forget to kind of, you know, freeze in water, undo the hose. Yeah, we did forget to do that, right? And, you know, the wife, right? And and the point is, and he, he's not selling me anything. He's he's not saying, by the way, buy this house, right? It's it's simply he's giving me value. And in my mind, when I think when I when I think of John or say someone else was doing it, the first thing I think of like, hey, this person is just genuinely giving value. The the, the sale is not the objective. It's not the main objective. Is to give you value. Is to educate me. And if I if I ever go to buy another house and I'm like, okay, who, who can I go to? That's the first person in my head. Who gave me value? Who do I trust with information? Who can I go to? John, right? Maybe he's not the best, but he's the one that I personally associate with. I also happen to be the best. Okay, yeah. So he's also the best. Okay, that's the last one. Yeah. But, but you, 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 the brand, don't, don't underestimate yourself as being the brand. Um, people are investing in you. Not your business, not your name. It's you, the person. And always try to provide value. That's, that's all I do online is I provide value. I provide value, I provide value. Every once in a while, I ask for something in return. And typically when I ask, because I've given so much value, I get it. Whether it's a, a vote for something, uh, they do a thing like top podcast or whatever every year. And whether it's like, hey, you know, do you mind taking a minute out your day just to vote for me? And you get people that turn up because they're like, man, this, gave, this guy gave me value all throughout the year. This is the least I can do. And I, I, would, I would imagine that works wonders for referrals. Absolutely. I could imagine. 
So you're don't underestimate you being the brand and being able to show your personality as a person, not just, you know, a salesman or a saleswoman, something like that. So Sorry. where's your podcast on this website, the tier one trading? Just any podcasting site, Android, um, iTunes, you can just the trading coach podcast. Oh, okay. I'm recording this now, so if it turns out good, this may be tomorrow's podcast. Cool. So if you want to say something cool, you'll be featured. <laughs> Jasmine Crable is the best ruler in the <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't it's, it's, going, it's going in there. You heard it. <laughs> there we go. I got, I got to charge you for that advertisement. <laughs> <out there. laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.